Hello, good morning, you absolutely crazy octagoons. Um, Friday, good task today, stress package. Listen, if you think you're not going to stress eat ever again, you're lying to yourself. If you think you're never going to comfort eat, you're lying to yourself. We will. So why, why are we fighting against it? Why are we fighting the tide? The tide's coming in. Why not ride the tide? Ride the wave. So, your task is, and I had a beautiful package come from Nicole, which was the mint dimes she spoke about in the group, and they're stunning. So think about it. I could have two of them, bag of crisps, maybe some fruit, maybe, and uh, maybe toast, maybe, or like a bagel. That's my stress package. I work it all out once, say 700 calories. I save that as a meal, and I call it my stress package. I never have to track it again because it's already tracked. So the next time I use the stress package, I just put it in the app with two taps. Okay, having this on hand will save you a lot of, it'll save you a lot of mental wastage, okay, cognitive load is a thing, there are times in the day where our cognition, the cognitive load's gone too far, too much, we then revert to our impulses, and let me tell you, your impulses haven't got much in store for you for long-term gains, so... When it comes to these evenings, Thursday, Friday night, Saturdays, and you can just put a stress package in a few taps, then it's not hard to track that. It's so easy, in fact. You probably will do it anyway. And then you've got that super powerful tool at your disposal, and we're working with our lives. We're working with reality and fact, not delusion. Remember, we're not working from delusion and illusion. We're reality and fact, reality and fact. Fact is, I will be a greedy git again. I will, 100%. What will that greedy git eat? Well, I'll just have a stress package. It's already tracked. At least I'll know what's in it. Put in the app, and the app will learn the data. Happy days. Let me know what to do. You know? Simple as. I want to finish this week, or I didn't cover all the stories from yesterday. There's more come in. And I feel like, you know, I I'm, I'm probably would have still missed some, but I want to share more because, guys, some of your stories insane. Like, I I don't... I can't even add anything to them as, as a... Like, they're just in themselves inspirational that you've been through this, and now you're on this program. Um... Wanting to improve yourself, you know. Just realise as well, I got this skin condition. It's called skin writing. is the slang term for it. But, like, I've had it all my life, I think. But it's got worse, I think. So, like, if I just put my finger on my skin and just, like, kind of scratch it in a line, like, one minute later, there's, like, a red line that pops up. I can basically draw my skin. I uh, don't know if anyone else has got this, but it can be quite annoying, actually. What's that? Yeah, maybe that's not right. Okay. Back to the serious stuff. Stuff that matters. Claire, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going to share my hardest thing, but you've all been so brave sharing your stories and it's been inspiring to hear the strength and grit of those in the community. You're all amazing, so here goes. My hardest thing I have gone through has been losing my mum. I had just found out we were expecting our youngest when we learned that the cancer had returned. At first, it didn't seem there was much to worry about, but sadly, it spread to various parts of the body and she passed away just before my son's first birthday. Those last few weeks and months have been so hard. Regularly travel two hours each way to the hospice to spend time with my mum and to support my dad and my sister. My baby boy was still so little that he had to choose two, which added extra pressure to the visits. I was still up during the night with him. I felt utterly exhausted physically and emotionally with having two young children and everything that was going on with mum. I constantly felt guilty as well. Spending time with my mum meant I wasn't spending time at home with my three-year-old and husband. But every time I left the hospice, I didn't know if that would be the la another visit. It was brutal. Even though we know the end was coming, nothing can prepare you for how you feel when it does actually come. I was there when she passed and it completely broke me. How 
what was the world just carrying on as normal but i had just to keep going to for my two boys throwing a first birthday party for my youngest just five days before her funeral and attending christmas events and my eldest elders nursery just eldest nursery just a few days afterwards it's been nearly five and a half years without her now and i found it really hard to be a mum without my mum some days i feel i'm getting on get, getting it all so wrong and i wish i could ask her opinion or reassurance or just phone for a chat but i can't and i've had to find an inner strength trust in my instincts keep going and to believe in myself just before she died she told me that her death would be the making of me if i let it i'm still not sure what she meant by that but i hope i'm doing her proud no doubt you're doing her proud claire and this is what she means the making of you like you have you're looking at it in a sense like this is one of the worst things that's happened to me but i'm resilient i'll be able to it's not to get over it we're never going to get over the death of our parents or the loved ones but to be able to live for her that's what she means. You're going to live for her and make sure you're the best mum to your kids. You're going to be the resilient person. You're going to give the people in your life all that they need. And you're also going to ask for help when you need it as well. It's important. Um, but thank you for sharing that. Um, losing a parent, yeah. It's coming to us all. It's, ha- it's been for many. It's coming for us all. And it's one of those inevitable things in life, isn't it? And I think that's the difference with the modern, the modern world is we don't really talk about it. We don't talk about it at all. So it really is a shock when it happens. And uh, this is just like another reminder for all of us today. As Claire reminded, you know, she, she was walking out, didn't know if that was the last time. You know, how many more times do we have with those people in our lives? Yeah, it's a bit grim to think about. But actually it might knock, knock some sense into you to say, oh, I can't be bothered to see my grandmother next weekend or this weekend. Oh, I was meant to see my mum on Sunday. I just can't be bothered to go for Sunday roast. You know, I just want to chill on the couch. You never know, guys. This might be my last podcast, you never know. Hit by a bus, hit by a car, killed by a tornado of sheep coming down, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and I say that in, you know, with a half a smile in a sense, because it's like, it sounds ridiculous, but it could happen. We just don't know. Um, so live immediately. Let me see, there's a few more, I think, that I want to share. Um, where are they? They're not in alphabet. They're not in the order of time, which is frustrating. Kimberly, after joining the mindset with Deanly yesterday, I forgot to come on and post my hardest thing. Well, I have a few which I will not bore you with, so I picked out one. Having cancer is probably the biggest and hardest thing I had to come to terms with. I was diagnosed back in Feb 2019 with cancer of the vulva. The NHS was amazing and they quickly got me in for surgery and I had it cut away. But whilst all this was going on, I found out I was six weeks pregnant and was advised by my specialist to have a termination, which to this day has been the hardest and most painful decision I ever had to make. I still feel huge amounts of guilt and forever will. That is tough, Kimmy. But you did the right decision. You went from the advice from the relevant experts, right? And now maybe that logical decision still is doesn't overcome the emotional turmoil but you did the right thing it seems from well you definitely did you were you were told to do it probably due to risks i still have to go for checkups and biopsies which put the fear of god into me every time but i do it because i want to be there for my son he's genuinely the most important person in the world to me turtle has been a huge help to me overcoming a lot of my life obstacles and stopped me from making some really bad choices but that's a different story i've always 
said with Turtley, joined for fitness but stayed for the mindset. I love these guys and forever grateful I found them. Kimmy, I've loved you being part of Turtle and seeing your development over the years. Um, and I know things have been tough for you and you've tried to be there for your best mate as well who's been tough and you know, you seem to be a person that gives a lot out and that can take a lot out of you. And there's a lot of people listening to this, you are givers and you've only got a finite amount of energy to give before you start breaking. So Turtle is your thing to re-energize the battery, to be the person you want to be and you know, naturally, I feel like naturally, rationally, as humans, in our nature, I feel like we should probably, we are very, we want to look after each other, we want to be a nice person to each other, I feel like that's part of us, uh, I feel it's what makes us human in the end, and when that's taken away from us because we are doing too much of it and overdriving and we're overworking, we feel frustrated, you know, there's, we're going to do with the next book of book club is uh, the book Sophie mentioned, sorry, after Octagon, the one Sophie mentioned, and then there's another one I want to do which is how to stop worrying and start living by Dale Carnegie, written in like a hundred years ago. I was rereading some of it the other day. You know, the advice in as amazing. In, um, insane. So we're going to cover that. But Kimmy, thanks for sharing that. And you are one strong individual to go through all of that and raise your kid in the right way and to always want to be there. And you're working on yourself for him as well. Yeah, super mums. Another super mum, put it that way, who are going to raise the next generation of good human beings, hopefully. <laughs> Um, thanks for sharing. I'll do one more then. Alison. I can't believe I'm still standing after the last three years of my life. I have never been challenged in so many different ways at all once, all at once. But I recently did something I never thought I would have the courage to do. This month is the first anniversary of when my ex-fiancé called off our wedding and moved out. This sudden change in his feelings completely blindsided me. And for the last year, we had... We have had a very back and forth relationship. We had many months of ups and downs, confusing conversations and hard realizations about our relationship. It became highly toxic for me to continue forward and I had to come to terms with the fact that this was over. I turned 35 last Friday and I'm feeling the best I've ever felt in years. This whole year has been a healing journey for me. I'm working towards finding myself again and as I continue that journey, I'm so grateful I was strong enough to put myself first. I'm a massive people pleaser who is loyal almost to fault. It took so much strength to close the door, but I did it. And it made me realize I can accomplish more if I start living for myself and know what I deserve in a relationship. Alison, bang on. Thanks for sharing that. I think every no is a potential yes to something. There was a quote yesterday by an Aidan Bevan that said something similar. When you say no, you give yourself a yes to something that really is better for you or matters. Being able to say no is one of the most important skills. Um, I know some people will say, I say yes to everything so I don't miss out on life, but every yes is a no to someone else. Um, the opportunity cost. So, Alison, well done for pushing through. I feel like this is your year now. You're out of that toxic relationship. You're moving forward. And listen, there's going to be a lot of people listening here that will, we've all, I would say most of us here have had experiences of bad relationships and how they really mess up your brain. Like the emotional turbulence is next level. Like how can you think straight? You think to yourself in those moments, how can I even live in this mindset? It is crippling me. But we've all been through it and we've all come out the other side. Think about it. The brain, the human mind, the human brain, the power we have inside us gets us over it. 
And I want you all to be reminded of that. So no matter how tough things are now, we choose the tough we want. And we want to choose voluntarily putting ourselves through hardships to keep our resilience building. Like doing a workout when you don't want to do it. Yeah, you might think, oh, what's I going to do? Builds your resilience. Puts some muscle on you. Makes you feel accomplished. So when the times do come, and the involuntary ones come, the involuntary hardships, we're ready for it. Because we've put ourselves through these hardships, we've ready, readied ourselves. And some people will be like, that's an unreasonable thing for me to do, to put myself through some hardships. And some people will say, it is reasonable for me to wake up at five and go for an hour run. I believe that's going to be something for me. You know, the Spartans did this. The Spartans would go ag- 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 really, really aggressive and... I'm not saying it's the right move, but they voluntarily wanted to get absolutely smashed in to, to improve their uh, warrior fighting spirit, blah, blah, blah. So every time you think about doing workouts, every time you think about going to go for a walk, every time you say no to that dessert and no to overeating, you're really strengthening your resilience and you need as much as that as possible for when the time comes to use it. Remember that. So work on it. And this weekend, work on it. If you want to be a moderate person when it comes to eating, you've got to eat moderately. You know, if you want to be a good, if you want to be a runner, you've got to run. If you want to be a good at bench press, you've got to do the bench press. You can't be doing the other movements that mimic it. The bench press is the bench press. The squat is the squat. The moderate moderation is the moderation. Self-control, self-control. You know, you have to do the thing to get good to the thing. So use this weekend because guess what? You've got many opportunities this weekend to practice moderation. Moderation in itself is a fortress. It's a quote by Epictetus. It is a fort impen- it's an impenetrable fortress. And if you think about it, what he's saying is it's bang on. If you can be moderate in your actions, in your eating, in your drinking, in your overconsumption of pleasures, in your time dwelled over something in your anxieties and stuff you're moderate about it you say okay well i'll worry for a day i'll worry for an hour whatever it is i'm not going to let it turn into weeks and months it is its own self-defense mechanism it doesn't let anything go too far or go too little and that's the balance we want to have so practice moderation this weekend but enjoy at the same time as possible believe it or not and i'll see you all on uh, monday bright and early ready to smash out week three of octagon but do remember that will come You need to focus on today. Ta-da.